Hello and welcome to season four of the Bible and Me podcast. This is episode five of 12 in this series. So join us on this journey as we discover some incredible testimonies of people whose lives have been well and truly changed for the calling of God. In this episode, Nigel Watts sits down with Andre Bazinoff, a computer science graduate and a former Moldovan citizen. With just the clothes on his back and a mission to get to England, Andre speaks of a time in his life where he mistakenly thought he was alone on his journey. The views expressed by the individual in this podcast may not reflect that of Preset Ministries UK. We hope this podcast inspires you in your daily walk and would love it if you could leave a review or rating so that we can encourage more people to the good news of the gospel. Now, without further ado, here's the podcast. Well, I am very pleased and delighted to be welcoming Andrei Bazanov to the programme today. Um, Andrew, in, in his own words, um, got to the UK on the back of a lorry. Uh, more of this in a moment. Uh, he was educated in Bournemouth, both at the grammar school and at university, before becoming a software engineer. He's married Natasha, and he, they got married in Ukraine in 2013. They have two boys, uh, Joshua and Luke. Uh, Andre loves sport, football, he's a Liverpool fan, Formula One, yeah. and also wrestling. <laughs> uh, also has an interest in, in finances, uh, stock market, business things, and also loves reading. Uh, he cites struggling with failure and criticism as areas he's working on in his life. And also dealing with pride, something that actually we all, all guys um, deal with, have to deal with. Um, so Andrew, welcome to the programme. Lovely to have you on. Thank you. It's both a privilege and an honour. Oh. Now, Andrew, why are you a follower of Jesus Christ? How did that come about? Uh, good question. <laughs> so, uh, um, I, I, I was born in Moldova, and Moldova is primarily a Greek Orthodox um, uh, religion. Um, that's what the predominant religion is, is in Moldova. So, my grandma... Uh, that's what she was, that's what she grew up. So um, she was a regular attendant of the village church every Sunday. And she would take me along with, with her. And uh, I would mainly go because of the sweets that I was getting and the treats and everything. Um, I wasn't... Not bribery or corruption. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wasn't really enjoying it. Uh, she was thinking, I mean, it was always taking so long, and she would say, oh, another another five minutes, another ten minutes. So anyway, um, I grew up, and I wasn't really interested in, in church, um, especially with Greek Orthodox, because uh, I was finding it difficult to follow it, you know, all the rules and regulations, and there's this saint and that saint and, and everything. So... Um, and so I grew up, I would go to church only maybe once a year um, at Easter or something just to, um, you know, to have holy water thrown on, on our food um, that we were going to eat that morning. It's just all traditional stuff. Um, but I knew there is a God. I knew uh, there's um, evil as well. Because uh, in Moldova, I've seen, you know, some, some stuff, some people, you know, manifesting all sorts. So it's, um, it's a little bit more out in, in, in the open um, there. So um, I've seen both sides um, and I knew there is a God and I knew there is a devil as well. But for me, um, when somebody asked me what your religion is before I became a Christian, I said, I'm the... Uh, Andrei Bazanov religion <laughs> and uh, so what's that it's like I know there is a God out there you know but for me it was he was there I'm here um, I need to do the best I can and then hopefully maybe uh, he will let me into heaven you know there was no relationship there was nothing like that uh, and of course, uh, in Moldova they teach you that anything Baptist Protestant or anything like that is a sect uh, don't get involved with it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you you end up in hell or whatever. So. Oh, goodness me. And just for the listeners, where, where is Moldova? So Moldova is in between Romania and Ukraine. It's a small country, um, it's a tiny country, but it was part of the Soviet Union. Okay. 
so when when that fell apart, uh, Moldova became independent. Okay. Uh, and, and Russian speaking? Or yes. Yeah. Russian so we we um, last time I checked, there was sixty percent of uh, the people in Moldova that can actually speak Moldovan. Um, because what would happen in Soviet Union, uh, you would get mixed. So you, you would have Ukrainian people move to Moldova, Moldova move to Russia. So it was all mixed up to yeah. kind of get, uh, you know, the identity so that it, it's one identity. And uh, so you've got Ukrainian people in the middle of Moldova that can't speak Moldovan at all. So, uh, so, But anyway, so uh, that, you know, uh, that was my religion, that yes. was my faith, yes. and, and that was... Um, how I came to the UK with. Uh, and then a friend of mine, because I was working at Comet, um, and a friend of mine, Steve, he invited me to a Christianity Explored. Uh, and so uh, Steve used to uh, be into not so good stuff, but then he came to, to, uh, to the Lord. And then uh, he, because um, we were working together, he invited me to that. And he was taking me to to the course, um, and then he fell away again, so I stopped going. <laughs> so I, I never finished the the, the Christianity Explore. Oh but then, no, the guy that invited you stopped yes. going. Oh. Um, and then he came back to the Lord again, and out of the blue, I get a call from him, and he says, "There's this Alpha course being done at uh, Old Road Baptist Church here in, in Paul." Uh, would you like to come? There's food and there's whatever. So uh, I thought, okay, I'll you know put my name down. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, so I went to the Alpha course and um, with all the skepticism, you know, that I had from my background, um, you know, this is a sec, you know, be careful. But you know, I'll, I'll still because of Steve. Steve was such a a great guy. <laughs> so he invited me, and there was food and uh, you know that that sold it to me but um, anyway I started listening to them and they were talking about God the Father and, and relationships and, and things like that that I've never heard in, in my entire uh, growing up in, in Moldova so um, so I thought oh this is interesting so my heart started uh, warming up towards it uh, you know even though you know all the bad things I've heard about uh, uh, Baptists and 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, so I started thinking about it, and then there was a uh, a conference in Winchester, and um, uh, again Steve invited me, um, and we went, and the caretaker pastor, as the church at the time, saved us a, a, a space right at the front. <laughs> So, um, so anyway, we sit at the front and um, all of a sudden Steve, we, we were praising uh, God and, and it was the worship and this was all new to me. People putting their hands up in church, that was, uh, that was terrible uh, for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, Steve uh, started praying for me. Uh, he, he felt compelled um, and moved to just pray, and he was praying in tongues over me. Uh, and he afterwards he said, "I've never prayed like that. It was just coming out of me. It was almost a, an intercessor or something." And um, and then I said, "Lord Jesus, if you are there and you are God, then you can hear me." And you know, by this time, I was I was uh, in my third year at university doing a computer science degree. So the logic uh, kicked in, and I said, "Okay, well, th this is logical. If you are there and if you are God, then you can hear me. <laughs> and if you can hear me, and you want me to follow you, serve you, and and all that, let me know. Yeah, that I, I have no problem with that. Just let me know so that I know." And that very moment, I felt joy go through my entire body. I was aware of cells in, in my body. I, I was aware of cells in, in my hair, in my nails, in my skin. And I was aware how every cell in my being and my body was being filled with joy. Oh my goodness me. And I was like whoa, you know, what on earth is this, you know? And um, 
I had the biggest smile on my face and I'm looking at, but straight away I was thinking, you don't smile in church. You are not allowed to smile in church. You know, my background was like, what am I doing? I'm smiling in church. You're not, you're supposed to look serious. God is watching. And um, anyway, I had the big smile on my face and I look around to see, well, what was that? To see if anybody else felt it. And everybody was deep in prayer and, and worshiping and all that. And I was like, whoa. And then I felt like a little bit afloat. And I was like in, in, a, in a very wide space, a very wide, wide space. And I, all I remember is I was not aware of any pain, of any worries, mm -hmm. of any cares. I, I was, it was like this bliss, you know, where there's n none of those feelings, like anxieties or anything like that. And then I kind of snapped out of it and I was back in the room and I said, whoa, okay. And then I could see moments from my past, very, very difficult, crucial moments from my past coming from my left, coming right in front of me, crystal clear color. And, and I was like, whoa, I remember that. I remember. And then it would go towards the right and the next moment will come. And I would see that picture again. And it's like, oh, I remember this moment as well. So they would just come and, and, and go before my eyes in crystal clear um, picture. And my understanding from that um, happening was when I said, let me know, the Lord Jesus touched me and, and he just filled me with joy. And I think he shared a little bit of his heart of how joyous he is when we turn to him. Mm. Um, and then he showed me that I'm, I'm here with you now, but I was with you all along, all those moments. And I was thinking, oh boy, that was when I really didn't care about him, didn't know him, didn't want to have anything to do with him. I, I just, and all the bad things that I was involved with. And I said, and you were there. And, and, and my... Um, the guess is that he looks forward to the moment when you turn your heart to him. And, and, and so he sticks with you through all those moments mm. and helps you looking forward to that moment um, when, when you turn your heart to him. Mm. And so from that moment on, I, I guess that was the pivotal point for me. Uh, I went on and finished the, the Alpha course knowing that Jesus is real now and he's near and he touched me. And, uh, and I guess that's when I was born again, yeah. you know, of, of, of above or of the Holy Spirit, as, as the Bible says. And what year would that have been? That was 2007. 2007. Yes. Amazing. And uh, yeah, wow. so since then, it's uh, just been amazing. Yeah, so a, a real... Uh... A physical experience as well as a, obviously a spiritual experience yes. at the same time. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Now, I want to take you back a little when you were in your teenage years uh, and read a little extract from your story, uh, which you've written down, and how you came to be living in the UK. So here we go. It was about five o'clock in the morning and I started to wake. I felt so stiff and cold. The dew fell during the night and the ground all around me was wet. I was dreadfully cold. I just did not want to get up, but the ground where I lay was so hard and cold. I knew I had to. I thought to myself as I stood up, I hope I do not have to spend another night here because we have no more food, no blankets, and the nights are getting colder. So I've got two questions related to this. Where was this? Um, how old, how old were you? First question. Where where was this going on, and how did you get there? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um. I I still remember that night. I think <laughs> quite vividly. Um. So we were in Cherbourg, uh, which is north of France. Mm -hmm. um, how old were you? I was just turning sixteen. At sixteen the time. years yeah. old. Cherbourg, yeah. northern France. And how on earth did you get there? Oh, so. <laughs> In Moldova, where I grew up, because Moldova is officially the poorest country in Europe uh, on many, many years running. Um, so the prospects were dire. Uh, school, I, I, I hated school, um, didn't want to 
have anything to do with it. Uh, I wasn't very good at it. Um, and it, it, it's interesting that here in the UK, you know, I've done a little better. I think it's down to the teachers, but, um, or a lot of it. But um, I, I wasn't very bright. I, was, I didn't have much prospects. And, and many of my friends uh, at the time were either uh, arrested. <laughs> Some of them, unfortunately, passed away uh, as well uh, through uh, misguided uh, actions and, and, and behavior. Um, and so the world was closing in a little bit on me and I knew that I need to get out. In fact, I met a friend some years later that we were very good friends with. And after I left, he got stabbed and run over by a car. And, and I was just thinking, mm, I mean, he has survived and he's okay uh, now and he's out of Moldova as well. But uh, I was thinking, you know, I could have been there with him. And, and, and so... Uh, so I, I decided that it's time to leave Moldova. Um, it's time to get out of that environment and um, find some opportunities. And so um, from Moldova at the time, you weren't allowed to travel outside, especially into Europe. Um, uh, no visas, very hard to come by because they know why you want a visa. <laughs> You're not going to go back. Um, so the only way was to leave illegally. Um, and so um, I just said goodbye to my mom. I said, uh, I'm, I'm off. Um, I will try to keep in touch, let you know, uh, you know how, how I get on. Um, and so I, I went illegally through uh, Ukraine, Poland. Um, I remember swimming a river between Poland and Germany. Um, at night, of course, because um, <laughs> uh, that was the, the border between the two. So uh, anyway, uh, eventually I ended up in France after, um, I think it was three weeks or almost a month or whatever. Um, I don't remember exactly, but it was a long time. <laughs> How were you traveling? Um, well, hitchhiking, uh, hiding, you know, uh, anyway. Anyway. Any, yeah. <laughs> Um, there are people that you, you talk to and they kind of give you a couple of uh, pointers, okay. you know, you can, you know, yeah. maybe do this or that, try that, you know, yeah. to get <clears throat> maybe on a train that you can... And eating? How are you eating? And, and... Um, I, I had a little bit with me, yeah. uh, but it was, yeah, once again, asking, um, you know, helping myself sometimes yeah. to things and... Uh, <laughs> um, so you're in France? So I'm, I'm, I'm in France, in Paris. Uh, and once again, um, getting on with the wrong people, um, and we are, you know, stealing to survive, um, and, you know, looking for jobs, but I was quite young at the time, and, and but um, I think the influence was, um, you, you know, you don't have to work, you know, we, we, can, we can, you know, steal or do whatever, you know, um, but that didn't go very well, because... Everybody got arrested and, and locked up and deported and whatever. Uh, so I remember being homeless and, and sleeping on, um, on a park bench. Um, the, the other places we were, would sleep would be uh, abandoned houses and, and things like that. But um, yeah, so, so then uh, I got to a point in France where um, I was just, I remember being sat down on a chair and I could feel a headache coming. Uh, sometimes you think, oh, I've got a headache, but you don't remember how it came. But this time I could feel it coming because of all the worries and anxiety. And, uh, you, you know, almost another year is gone and I'm, I'm like nowhere. You know, what is going on? What's happening? Uh, um, so that's when I've made the decision that, okay, I need to change the environment again, uh, which is not a pleasant thing when you change the environment, it's almost like starting from zero. And it's like, here we go again. You have to try rebuilding uh, um, again from zero and, and that can get tiresome. Um, but it was me and another uh, guy and we got a job for about a day and a half with somebody that he knew who gave us some cash and that was enough to get a train from um, Paris to Cherbourg. And um, 
get some food and that that was <laughs> that was all we had and uh, so we were in, in, in Cherbourg hoping to get uh, on the back of a lorry and end up I don't know where Ireland uh, UK uh, Canada I don't know um, it, it's a guess so you are at this stage you're homeless in France uh, you have been traveling illegally across Europe you're sleeping rough uh, you're in Cherbourg now um, what happened next? <laughs> right, so um, yeah, this is where things get interesting because when you go to these ports, um, especially where lorries are getting on, on ferry, uh, you have uh, gangs that almost like own the port. You have to pay them for them to let you go to the lorry to get on the back of it because they they almost like control it and uh, they have guns and um, if you get shot you have no documents no ID nothing no one knows you is um, so you you just want to stay out of trouble <laughs> and um, so the first night we went to the port to get on uh, on the back of a lorry uh, they were there and they wanted money or they they, they were showing the gun so uh, so Are you saying that if you if you had tried to get onto the lorry yourself um, without paying them any money or going yep. through them, there was a danger of them shooting you? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that that's what they were threatening to do. And in fact, I know uh, a person who um, was actually shot. Um, I've heard of it uh, later, but uh, anyway. So uh, the first night we couldn't we couldn't get, so we had to sleep in the bushes uh, over the road. And then um, that's, that's where you picked up, where in the morning I said, this is not fun. <laughs> uh, we need to get out, you know, of here. And, uh, but we were going we to try, you know, night after night until, you know, maybe we get an opening. And the second night uh, when we went in, because there are cameras everywhere, uh, they, um, they believe that they got spotted by a camera. And, of course, the, the prison sentence for smuggling people is quite... Um, so the gangs who were there got spotted? Yes. So okay. they, they quickly bundled everybody up in, in the car that they were trying to, uh, to smuggle. Yeah. And they had to do a runner yeah. because the police were on their way. Okay. So me and this uh, other friend were hid in a bush in the middle of the port. And we could hear the police with the dogs and everything running around, checking... Uh, but those guys were gone, and then when the police was gone, then the whole port was, we had it to ourselves. <laughs> so, so you had a choice of lorries to go on. <laughs> yes, so then, um, so then we, uh, we uh, you always feel sorry for these drivers because they, uh, they get a, a piece of paper when they get their ticket, which says you must check your lorry for um, illegal immigrants. Yeah. And he did actually check the lorry, but he didn't find us in there and so um, but yeah that, that was so you get on a lorry and the lorry drives on a boat yep and then you find yourself in England on the back in, in the back of this lorry in Poole yeah. okay in, in Poole in Dorset yeah. um, and then what happened well um, Paul, I, I, I might be biased here but it's probably the, the nicest, the best, most beautiful town in, in, in the UK. <laughs> and, um, and what happened was the social services here had to uh, dust the, their books of what's to do with us. Um, because um, they before me, they had another two... Well, you were, you were in the lorry, just took you yes. back. So you're in the lorry. Yeah. And you arrive. And, and what happens immediately at that point? Oh, right. Uh, well, we... The lorry stops and, and we are thinking, why, you know, why? And then we hear a dog uh, barking and I'm thinking, have we got spotted? And um, the next thing, the, the doors open and I'm thinking, okay, I think, you know, there's, there's an inspection going to happen here. And then I see this lovely dog um, I don't know, maybe because they are, they've got the best smell or something, with long, I think it's a cocker spaniel or something, I, I don't know, but um, nice lovely dog just coming over and sniffing us and licking us and uh, just wagging its tail and thinking, what kind of a dog is that, yeah. you know? What? <laughs> Not a guard dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, 
And then we hear a voice, you know, out, out. Uh, I didn't know any English at all. Um, the only word I knew was okay, which apparently means something good, okay, like an approval. Um, and then we come from behind the boxes and then I can see a big dog. Um, but uh, I said, okay, so we, we, we got caught. Uh, and um, so we... You, so you were caught. Now, you mentioned your story uh, at this point. Um, what followed, um, having been caught, as it were, is the reason why I love Britain and why I am so proud today, some 17 years later, <laughs> to be a British citizen. So just take us on a, on a little journey, what happened over the next uh, maybe weeks and months, having arrived in Poole. Well, I mean, the, the, the first thing was they took us in, in, in the waiting area and in the port and um, they asked us if we wanted to uh, get washed. They asked us if we're hungry. They, they run out and got a, a McDonald's uh, meal. And um, now I believe that they got that McDonald's from the same... Uh, a McDonald's restaurant that I had my first job in. <laughs> I'm convinced of it. Um, um, but yeah, and then they just got us into a fostering family. And that very evening, I was around the table with this um, lovely fostering family, uh, and we were eating dinner, eating what they're eating. Uh, and And I was thinking, I'm not locked away. Why, why am I not arrested, locked away? Why am I not deported straight away? Why, why are they kind of treating me like a human being here? Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was confused, but I think those were the moments where my love for this country uh, started growing because all of a sudden <clears throat> I could see the, the value of, of a human being you know, has in, in this country, which I haven't really seen in anywhere else. Uh, and I've traveled through a, a few countries. Uh, and then, of course, they, they bought us clothes and, uh, and, um, and then they were fighting to get me into a school as well, into a good school. They were, uh, and I was telling them, I said, look, I, I don't want school. I'm not very good at school. <laughs> I just want to work, make some money, go back to Moldova, buy a tractor in the village, and then I'm set for life, because in Moldova, who has a tractor is king, um, because it's agricultural, <laughs> so everybody needs somebody who has a tractor. <laughs> that is um, your goal. Yeah, yeah, that was my goal. They said, no, 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 you need to get into school, and um, and then Boomer School for Boys uh, opened their doors, uh, which was extremely kind of them. And they made a commitment to uh, to see me through some education, um, uh, through some formal education here in the UK, and uh, and then it kind of went on. And from you there. you ended up getting four A levels. Yep. In maths, electronics, ICT, and Russian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you did very well in Russian. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I only went and did the exam oh, in Russian to get enough points to get into university. Oh, brilliant! Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and you went to Bournemouth University, where you ended up getting a BSc in computer science with a merit. Yes. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, what an incredible journey. And, and you know, you know, we're living in a time, uh, you know, European Union, Brexit, you know, all those things, where actually people are quite sensitive about migrants or, or refugees coming into our country aren't they but of course this is this is a number of years ago now 17 years ago yes yeah. and actually that just hearing your story you know you it does make me feel proud of actually who we are as a nation that we're prepared to do that and uh, you know there you go you're 15 16 years old leaving Moldova not quite sure what's going to happen mm. and yet you end up in the UK and you're welcomed and you're educated and you're you have a real opportunity to make a go with your life. I mean, that really is remarkable, isn't it? Well, you see, people see that as, as remarkable. I think it's, it's amazing. I mean, God was there all, all along because looking back, I can see how uh, he always kept the door ajar for me. So, so for example, when, when I went to uh, Bournemouth Grammar School, uh, 
I had to get six GCSEs uh, within half a year because I went into year 11 uh, at Christmas. And so by the end of the year, which is only a few months, um, and all I could manage was uh, four GCSEs. And that was because of all the teachers. They were, uh, I was going to a teacher's house. They were coming to our house. They were committed to see me through this. Um, and then a couple of teachers said, you know what, you don't really need six GCSEs. We can, I can teach you from scratch this and you could do this and that. And they worked something up for me to stay and do the A-levels. And I said, oh, okay. So, so there was like a, a door. And then with the university, once again, it was um, the points that I needed. I think it was 240 UCAS points. And then it was like, okay, so I can do the Russian exam, get an A, yeah. get 120 points, and then that will help me to get into the university. And then with the job after the university, I mean, the story is amazing how God helped me to get a job as well, you know, through a dream and everything. Um, and so God is there all along, all along, kind of uh, keeping the door open, open and, and going through it. So it is remarkable. It is amazing. Um, but looking back, I can see his hand all, all along yeah. uh, helping. I love what you said, you know, you were talking about these people being committed to you. Yes. The teachers and your foster parents, they were committed. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were making a way for it to happen for you. And as you were talking, just mentioning that, you know, it just reminds God is committed to us, isn't he? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, the cross. And obviously, to yeah, through Christ's sacrifice, yeah. uh, uh, we see that total, total commitment to That's us. That's right. Yeah, amazing. Now, after, um, so you left university. Yeah. Uh, you, you got your degree. And uh, after time working with the Comet Group, yes. uh, you became a software engineer. <laughs> <laughs> and since 2008, have been involved with software engineering and web development. Uh, quite amazing. Um, so give us a snapshot of the work that you do and how do you live out your faith at work? Okay, so um, the work that I do is, um, so for example, the company that at the moment um, I'm with, uh, we do uh, web-based applications for um, automotive. Uh, so for example, uh, I've worked on a system that every garage in the country or almost every garage in the country, uh, uses when you go in for tires. Uh, and and the, the, the system turns over, you know, millions and millions and, and um, transactions and, and things like that. So uh, that, that is something, you know, uh, that hopefully gives you an idea, but uh, um, without getting too technical. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just helping uh, companies uh, provide solutions today because there's this whole technological race and, and it's good for British companies to uh, get a little bit up to speed and, and just easing things up. Um, so, but it's, it's a small team. It's, about, uh, it's six of us at the moment, uh, developers, but the company is, uh, is a lot bigger. Um, and so the, the faith that's work, I mean, always when, when I get a, a job, I make sure that people know that I'm a Christian. Okay. So, so for me, uh, it's removing that straight away because some people um, maybe don't come out straight away and then it becomes awkward. And then, um, but I, straight away, I, even in my previous company, that I, I, I did air traffic control uh, systems, um, uh, a local company here in Paul, um, I'm good friends with the director and we, we just have these discussions about God and, and, and everything. Um, and, and it's the same here. It's just coming out, say, I am a Christian. And then, and then based on that as a foundation, then you, you, you are seen, your conduct is seen, your opinions are seen, your um, words and, and, and behavior. Um, and, and also being secure about your your uh, faith. Uh, when you're secure about your faith, you can have a discussion about God without uh, getting red on your face and, and veins popping on your neck, you know, uh, because you're not trying to convince anybody of anything. You're just expressing uh, your faith and whether somebody accepts you or not, uh, it's, it's up to them. And so 
for me, I think being secure about your faith and what you believe just gives you that foundation that is uh, is not shaking. And then you can be calm about saying, that's what I believe, or, or that's the way I see it. Mm. Um, mm. And I remember now, um, she, she's not with, with the company now, she's left, but we had a, 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 um, a witch, like a high priestess uh, in, in one of the local covens. And uh, I would just have discussions with her and say, you know, this is the way I see. And she was saying her stuff, you know, and I said, look, <laughs> Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is inside of us and he's the father of lights and, and all that. And so, oh, on Mondays, she said, when you come in, she said, I can't look at you. I have to, I have to look away because the light, you know, from you, you know, just emanate. And, and actually seeing once, uh, she squinted and looked away. Um, I don't know why Monday. Why, why isn't it the entire week? <laughs> yeah, I guess Monday? Sunday has something to do with it. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But this is who we are at work. We are God's light. We are His salt, and we're just there to to do a good job, and and represent God, uh, and and not to be for, ashamed. Yeah, for he for who He is. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, so that that's. Yeah, yeah, just My being work, normal, natural. Yeah, yeah. Now you you have a number of different hobbies: uh, football, yes, <laughs> Formula One, yes, <laughs> uh, and wrestling as well. I don't quite know how those three go together. Uh, uh, yeah, wrestling it was is something from Moldova, freestyle wrestling. Okay, um, okay. but uh, yeah, yeah, uh, but you also love reading the Bible and and inspirational teaching. Um, why is the Bible important to you? Oh, that is, I actually um, want to read a, a verse or two to, to answer that, because um, there are many reasons, there are many, many reasons, but in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says that all the promises of, of God are, are in Him, in Christ, are yes and amen through us, for his glory or to his glory so all the promises and so God receives glory through making good on his promises in our lives so when you go to tell somebody uh, oh you wouldn't believe what God did for me you know he, he healed me he delivered me he saved me he, he uh, provided for me and on all these things uh, that brings glory to God so, so it's through his promises, but where are his promises? How do we get to know them? Uh, it, you, have to, you have to know them, you have to read them. And so I remember when I came into the UK, this is, this is a, a, a new country, a new, uh, new set of laws, uh, a new a kingdom, if you like. And so I had to learn the laws here to make sure that I am a a good citizen and and I can get ahead and be successful in in this country and I have to know these laws and and so the 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 kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god and 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 whose kingdom we we were transferred as as I think in Colossians says Colossians, we're, we're, yeah. yeah we're transferred in, into the kingdom From of the light kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light yeah. and 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 so now we grew up in, in a kingdom and now we're transferred into another kingdom. We need to learn the laws. We need to learn how to get about the kingdom. You know, we, we, how to live in that kingdom. How to be useful, productive. And all that is in the Bible. And, and so, um, just, just getting saved and then leaving your Bible on, um, on the shelf... Uh, it's, it's like getting into the kingdom of God and then just staying as the door. Uh, and 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 that's it. So yeah. it's so important, and that's why I'm 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 quite passionate about the the Bible, and that's why I come to to the precept Bible school, uh, and and that's why you know I go through through these courses uh, that that precept provides because it enables me to go deeper and actually learn these things, and then apply them to my life, and then get get ahead and and you know. Uh, get to the point, to the maturity in Christ that we are called to. Yeah. And that's how it happens. And it's a process. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, so, so you mentioned Precept there. How, I mean, how did you first come across Precept? Oh, that's uh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's an interesting one because I, I I never heard of of Precept before I met my wife uh, Natasha, and uh, she's uh, she, as as you mentioned, she's from Ukraine, and uh, in Ukraine she was part of a church where they uh, welcomed in. Uh, the uh, precept uh, Eurasia or um, <coughs> that kind Eurasian of uh, trainers, yeah, arm of it. And uh, what was interesting when she mentioned some people from Moldova, like like uh, you know, Basilian and all, all those people. Um, I said, oh, okay, from Moldova. This kind of stuff happens in Moldova. I never knew. And uh, anyway, uh, she said, um, we're doing this course, and it's called Marriage Without Regrets. Um, and uh, would you like to do it? Was this before you were married? Before, yeah. And we were doing it via Skype. Okay. And uh, so she's what? She's in Ukraine. You're in. She's England. in Ukraine, and there's another uh, young lady in Ukraine that is leading this Skype group, doing this marriage without regrets with some young ladies, and 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 so I think I was the only uh, male in that Skype group. Yeah. But um, yeah, so. Um, we had to. I, I had to submit coursework, like homework, for for <laughs> Natasha doing this, uh, doing this course. And um, when I did that course, it was so in depth. Uh, I mean, I, I would recommend it. In fact, I bought it and, and gave it to a to a young couple mm. um, to to do the um, the course as well, who were who getting married in March. Yeah. Um, but when I seen the the depth of of precept, I. I we have decided to to get involved and do it, and since then I've done quite a mm. quite a few different uh, courses and yeah. loved it every single time. <laughs> yeah. No, and you I have to say, um, you know, it's always wonderful to. Uh, Andre Andre leads um, a group, a study group um, that we're involved with at our own church actually in Salisbury, and uh, is very committed to that to help lead one of the one of the groups um, on a monthly basis, but also. As you mentioned, there's a preset Bible school where we meet for three or four days, and we go in a little bit more depth and meet people from different parts of the country, and it's yeah. it's beautiful, isn't it, to do that? Amazing, that amazing. It really is wonderful. Now, do you have a favourite book or character? Oh, it, yes, um, I I do. I mean, there's there's not only one. There's there's <laughs> a few, but uh, whenever I read this story of Joseph, uh, it it does ring. Um, uh, some bells for me with my background uh, about leaving his nation, being in a new nation, um, going through some some difficulties, but then um, God helping him and and through his uh, integrity uh, and and his commitment as well. Um, mm. I look at Joseph and I think um, in the end uh, the Bible says that Joseph became uh, the father of Pharaoh. Um, oh, he made him a, a father of Pharaoh, and and it's amazing how he got to that point where he was almost discipling you know, uh, Pharaoh, and um, and when I look at him, I I see such an example, um, and uh, and and his his character, telling his brothers later, you know, you meant it, uh, you know, but God meant it for good, and. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think uh, as uh, as far as the character, I I look at that and I think yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, wonderful. And what about a favorite Bible verse? Right. So with the, it, it's like asking me uh, which one out of my two boys are my uh, is my favorite. <laughs> uh, it's they're both favorite. You know, all of them are favorite. But um, if I had to. Um, let, let me actually read this one out um, um, for you from Joshua. I mean, the book of Joshua is just... Uh, but especially the first chapter. Um, when I read it for the first time, it was almost like God the Father was next to me saying, you know, because we have challenges in life and, and we have to take ground and, 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 and do these things. And, and this is the Father encouraging is this dialogue with Joshua. So um, Joshua, uh, the first chapter, verses um, 8 and 9, and I'll, I'll just read them very quickly. 
this book of the law, and we know that that's the Bible for us today, um, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And this is the key. For then, for then, you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. We all want uh, good success. <laughs> we want, but but this is the the this is the recipe. This is how you get there. This is how you get good success in your life. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And then in verse nine. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And when, when I read that, I thought, Man, this, this is it, this is the answer. Because we, we want uh, our way to be prosperous. We want whatever we put our hands to, to, to be prosperous or to prosper and, and to... Um, to get ahead and, and achieve uh, what we're here for. Yeah. You know, we, we have a plan, we have a destiny uh, from God. Uh, and so, um, how do you get there? And, and this book of the Lord, the, the Bible, if, I, it, it does remind me when, when I got saved, the first, I don't know, few weeks or months, um, I was, my mind was so on God and on Jesus I remember praying in the evening, saying, Lord Jesus, I really need to sleep now. Uh, and, and I cannot switch my mind off of you and the Bible and, and, and God. And I got to the point where I was saying, Lord Jesus, I need to sleep. How do I sleep? Like, how do I switch my mind off? Um, uh, yeah, and, and, and that's, what, that's what God does. That's what the Bible does. Uh, and so... Wonderful, beautiful. And for those of you who may be listening that, that uh, want some help with studying the Bible, that's what we do at Precept Ministries. Our heart is to equip people, all ages, all stages, people coming to faith, people who have been Christians a long time, who maybe are not really engaged with the Word of God, uh, to give you those simple skills and tools to equip you to get to know God better. So if you're interested in that, please do contact the ministry. Now, Andrew, I want to finish with this. Um, your story... Um, that you've written down about your travels and, and getting into the UK, concludes with these words. Along the way, I have discovered, and this is you obviously reflecting back, um, I've discovered that we are not just a bunch of bones and a pile of skin. I discovered that there is meaning and purpose to each person here on earth. The reason why the biggest expense on the NHS is antidepressants uh, this is your view, is because many people do not know why they are here. They see no meaning or purpose to their lives. I've heard someone say the two most important days in your life are the day that you are born and the day that you find out why you were born. My encouragement to the reader and to the listener today is to find out why you are alive and pursue it with everything inside you and then you finish with these words everything is possible to him who believes so um final question what practical advice would you give to someone listening to this podcast who may be going through something of what you have been through um how would you encourage them for me um when the Lord Jesus touched me in that moment when, when I was born again, I knew that a second of heaven, a second in heaven is worth more than a thousand years here on earth uh, with money, um, fame, um, and everything else that this world offers. In that moment, I, I learned that, and that has always been uh, in my mind since. And, and I believe that as much today as, uh, as I did it then, one second in, in heaven with the Lord and his presence is worth much more. In fact, it is probably priceless. So um, <clears throat> my advice would be to set your course because the, the Bible says uh, a, a man plans his ways, but the Lord ordains the steps or directs his steps or her steps. 
Um, my advice is um, make a plan to follow God. Set your course uh, to, to follow. And then the Lord will ordain those steps, those small things. You know, go to this Bible study, go to this church, go to... The Lord will, will direct and, and will, will get you there. But I think the overall aim is to say, I will know God. I will know him. I will go after him. I will learn all about him uh, and then trust him to, to lead you. And um, I mean, a, a good church and, a, and a, good, a, good, a good material to get into the word, um, which is really the, the, uh, the root. If you get into the word, you, you're getting the roots in. And then when the wind comes and blows, you, you're standing. And so uh, my advice is to really make a decision that, you know what, I will go after this because um, the world may give you uh, a, an apple that looks really, really nice and juicy. But when you bite into it, um, you find out that inside it's actually rotten. Uh, so uh, on the outside, it, it's nice and good and looking perfect. But when once you bite in it... Um, then you start spitting out and you, you can't get it all out. <laughs> you know, you just spit, spit. Um, so just go after God. Um, that, that would be my, my advice. Wonderful. Andre, um, it's been a real privilege for me to hear your story, an incredible story. And uh, to see you here, you know, wonderfully happily married with two, two boys and, um, you know, going after the Lord um, after you know, your upbringing in Moldova and fleeing your country. Um, it's a testament to God's faithfulness. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Bible and Me podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a rating or review. If you want to find out more about Precept Ministries UK, visit www precept.org.uk Thank you.